Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Have you been watching the Olympics? I have to confess, I have not. I follow the Olympics like a bad parent who just keeps the headlines of your clippings and not the articles. I just go on social media. Does that make me a bad person? This is what I'm proud of. Yes, my country, but mostly like it takes so much for those athletes to get to where they are. So when I see folks winning any kind of medal, when I see just participation, to be honest, I'm like, wow, they did it. They did it. That's huge. And now here is a little shout out from one of my faves, Winnie Wong. Hey, Firecrackers, it's Winnie Wong, Firecracker head podcast producer, head of PR, actioneer, and part of the social justice department. I'm giving a Firecracker shout out to Shannon Cornelson, co-producer and co-writer of The Game Changers, a documentary that featured Dotsie Bausch and other elite athletes that Naomi will tell you more about in her intro. I first met Shannon about three years ago when the doc made a stop at Hot Docs while I was working with Clutch PR during the festival. One memory that comes to mind is when I was on the phone ironing out some details with Shannon, my senior cat was kept on meowing to be lifted on the couch. I felt so comfortable with Shannon that I just lifted my cat up while talking. My cat meowed a thank you right into the phone and I said, yep, Shannon understands. And Shannon said, yes, I definitely do. I felt her warm heart and smile right through the phone. I would also like to celebrate that Shannon is finishing up her feature screenplay right now as we speak. I'll be ready with my bag of popcorn whenever it makes it to the silver screen. Thank you, Shannon, for connecting us with Dotsie and for being the wonderful person that you are. Ah, uh, thanks, Winnie Wong, or as we call her around Firecracker Department, WWW, wonderful Winnie Wong. If you ever met Winnie, you'd get why. Thanks for the shout out. And if any of you listening are like, oh, you know what? There's a firecracker in my life I would like to shine a little light on. Send it our way. Send us a voice memo that's like 60 seconds to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Make sure you include your name, their name, a handle, and why you think they're a firecracker. We'll put them in the podcast and we'll put you shouting them out. I mean, it's kind of one of my favorite things. Now, speaking of Olympics, our guest on the show this week is Olympic silver medalist, advocate, speaker, and the executive director of Switch for Good, Dotsie Bausch. Dotsie's our first athlete featured on the pod, and I'm jazzed. I know I said earlier that I don't follow Olympics, but that doesn't mean I don't admire them. I have huge admiration, especially for Dotsie's story. When you hear it, you'll understand. She won her silver medal in cycling at 2012 London Olympic Games, as well as two Pan American gold medals, eight U.S. national championships, and a world record. Hello. Yeah. I know, you're like, what? how is that even possible for one human being? It is. She was so interesting to speak with. I just loved it. She has an intensity of an Olympic winner that I think just carries on for your entire life. You know what I mean? So whatever you do in the future, she does it like an Olympic winner. But she also had these two cute, cute puppies on her lap during our chat, which were just adorable. And I have to say, she's an invigorating person. Since concluding her professional cycling career, Dotsie's become a major influence for plant-based eating. I found this part really interesting in our discussion and I'm, I'm gonna try it. 
I'm gonna go for a couple of weeks and see if I can alter my eating. Just because, you know what? What happens if it does affect your health in a really positive way? I'll try it. I mean, I've got some stuff to be aware of as far as my diet goes. I've got the old Hashimoto's thyroid, and I've got a couple of fibroids, and I've got a couple of androids hanging around. There's a whole bunch of roids going on, so I have to make sure that I eat properly for those things. But I'm gonna try it. Dotsie, you hear me? I'm gonna try it, and I'll follow up with you. She was named one of the top 20 most influential vegans by Veg News in 2019, and her nonprofit Switch for Good has a podcast co-hosted by Dotsie called Switch for Good Podcast. They launched in 2018 with a commercial featuring international Olympians, proving that cow's milk is not part of a high-performance diet. So interesting. Dotsie's also been a part of not one, but two Netflix documentaries. First is the Netflix documentary, Personal Gold, which tells her Olympic story of four underdog women cyclists who became America's hope for a medal after the men's team is banned during the Lance Armstrong drug scandal. The second doc, directed by Academy Award winner Louis Sahoyas, and executive produced by Oscar winner James Cameron, and that is called The Game Changers. The Game Changers is a documentary about the truth and dangerous myths behind protein, meat, and strength, and just one week after it was released, it became number one downloaded film of all times on iTunes. It's a really interesting insight into another aspect of athletes that you just don't even, you don't even really think about. So if you get a chance, Game Changers, really interesting. Now Dotsie and I talk about Dotsie's athletic and emotional journey, her struggle with eating disorders, her road to sobriety, and gosh, so much more. We really, we really dig deep and uh, it was a real pleasure to, um, to have this discussion with Dotsie. She's just a real inspiration. She's overcome and made it through so many challenges and difficulties and I felt real, real lucky to have some time with her. She speaks all over the world now, spreading her message about the numerous benefits, humane, nutritional, and environmental of plant-based eating. Her popular TED Talk, Olympic Level Compassion, has been a catalyst of change for thousands of people. As I said, she's got me ready. I mean, I'm ready to go and try plant-based diet for a little while with my eating. Why not? I know you're gonna love hearing her story and not just me telling about how great the story is. Right, Naomi? It's coming up. Okay, let's do it. Here's my chat with Olympian Dotsie Bausch. I'm so happy to be speaking with you. And I have to tell you that it's so interesting. Winnie, Winnie does such a great job producing this podcast and she's probably got the sixth sense of when I need to talk to people. And so researching you, I was like, oh, I need to talk to you right now. I need to talk to you about like, like plant-based diets and sports and physical yeah. versus mental uh -huh. health. And I'm so thrilled to have some uh, space with you. So, and it looks like, I mean, looking at your life, it feels... It feels like there's been a bunch of turning. I mean, I think you could probably connect this to cycling, but there's a bunch of turning points in your life. Like, but let me, let me go back. So, so when you were growing up in Kentucky, you were, you were thinking, what was your, your goal as a kid, as a little Dotsie growing up? You know what? I, I always am, am, am terrible on the podcasts that are like, you know, about, you know, setting goals and getting where you want to be and, you know, how, how to build something from scratch and how to, you know, it's X, Y, Z, step one, two, three, because I am not, I've never been a goal setter. I, I'm, ve I'm very much like, let me try this and see what fruit that bears. And then let me yeah. build from that. I just have never been the person like, 
in five years, this, yeah. in 10 years, this is, you know, I don't, I just am so much more of in the moment. So I had no dreams of anything when I was <laughs> like, I'm going to be this when I grew up. I really didn't. It was like, I knew different things that I love to do and yeah. things that I was interested in. And then as I went through high school, I, I, I really, really thought that I wanted to be a hard news journalist. I wanted to travel all over mm-hmm. the world and bring the nitty gritty mm-hmm. and the danger and the stories right to the people. And in college, I majored in journalism and did an internship my final year. So the beginning of my senior year in hard news with a big station in Philadelphia and was completely blown away and disillusioned to find out that there's something behind who is controlling our news and it's yeah. big business and government. I was just an intern, so it wasn't in the nitty gritty meetings, but I just knew that really great, juicy stories came across the reporter's desk that I was an intern for. And then the next thing I knew it was just not happening. Mm-hmm. And after like a, you know, a good three, four months of that, I, I, I said, this is not what I want to do. This yeah. is not what I thought it was. And so it was so, it was so upsetting. And yeah, and, I and bet that was disappointing. It really was. It was really, it, honestly, that's what was the catalyst was for my eating disorder because I, I didn't have any money to, to go. I, I already had so much student debt. I didn't have money to go back and like yeah. major in something else. Yeah. So I just went ahead and graduated and I was absolutely terrified uh, that I had just studied all of this and, and I now that's not what I wanted to do. And so I really kind of slowly started controlling my food intake yeah. as, as j- literally, I just needed control over something in that period it. of time. You know, you're 22 and you're just like, you know, you don't know what the hell's going on. And uh, that's that's how it started out of feeling uh you know, shame and a lot of self-doubt, like, what am I going to do now? And just this deep desire to have control over anything in my life. Cause I felt just like a loose Lost. cannon at that point. Yeah. I can imagine my God, like if you sort of set your eyes to like what you thought, what you thought was going to be the ideal. Like, but I think, I don't think you're alone with that. Like, I think that a lot of people have dreams, you know, like in the, in the entertainment industry, I was yeah. just speaking about this with an actor friend of mine about like dreaming about being on a show and then getting that show and going, Oh no, it's not actually what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I understand yeah. that. That's, we get disappointed, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I have this, like, I do, I am surprised with the idea that you're not somebody who plans um, because of that, that kind of like, I don't know, like sports heart that you must have in your, in your body. Yeah, I know. I think it's, you know, I really don't think anything would have happened in my life, how it's happened if I was a a planner. Cause I was I was definitely not supposed to be an Olympic athlete. That would have been a, a, an absolutely hilarious dream to all who knew me 15 years before that as a, you know, drug addicted anorexic who was dancing topless. Like, so if I'm sure if the world would have thought that was not possible, I certainly wouldn't have thought it was possible. So it, it's really just, it was just, you know, a series of just going down that kind of road less traveled. And, and it, as it's, as things started to come into focus with mm-hmm. cycling and just seeing where I could take it. Cause I was, you know, you have to, you have to be in love with what you're doing if you're really mm-hmm. going to do it wholeheartedly and fully. And I fell mm-hmm. in love with cycling so deeply, so quickly from the beginning that mm-hmm. it just is like, I want to keep doing this. So whatever that could look like in the future yeah. is, 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 you know, is up to, 
to whatever is going to unfold, not even yeah. really necessarily up to me, but just keep pressing, just keep trying, just keep seeing where the road might, might take you. I don't want to stop now. Um, and I knew too that, you know, I had a, by that time I moved out to Los Angeles and had a really great job in um, art department production and like music videos back when there were those and commercials and was making a, a pretty good living. And it was, you know, like, oh gosh, okay, now right. I'm going to make no money because I'm not even a professional cyclist yet. But I decided to get a messenger job downtown at Los Angeles, which was like for 20 an hours, whatever horrible, might have been less. Um, and I just knew that I couldn't, the cycling thing was not something that I could put on the shelf and say, well, pick that up at, you know, 50. Maybe I'll, you know, it's like, no, this is a now thing. I'm already way late to the game. Like, you know, I was like 10 years late to the game already. So it was just like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I think I could pick the other up at a later date, you know? Yeah. I mean, having gone through the disappointment of journalism, was that ever in your heart that you're like, I'm going to pursue cycling. You better not let me down cycling. Um, gosh, no, because the, the, the journey of cycling, the, the entrance into it was so, was so different. You know, it, it really, it wasn't, the journalism was like built over time where I just really, this, this extreme desire for it grew. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's, you know, you're right. That is true that with, with cycling, but it was just the way I stumbled into cycling as a vehicle for the, the, the last stages of my recovery from anorexia. So cycling was just kind of brought into my life as, 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 a, as freedom of movement, uh, of freedom, as freedom from confines of my uh, disorder. And just as a, it just a joy, it just brought so much joy. Mm -hmm. And so then it, it just, yeah, I didn't have any expectations. I think my husband always says, you know, expectations, right. is the root of, of, of everything that goes awry. Mm -hmm. So I, I just didn't have any expectations for a very long time, yeah. which just kept me free to just keep pressing, you know, and I lost way more than I won. And, you know, like all athletes do and, um, uh, you know, pursuing sport at a higher level, but it just felt, um, it just felt like I just kept uncovering like, okay, this, and then I can yeah. do this race. And the, you know, and it just, it was just like kid in a candy store for, for the first half of that whole career, really. Yeah. I bet. Like, I mean, it feels like a consistency might be for you as the, the, I don't know, the competitiveness, the need to, to win at things. Has that been like entrenched in your, in your body? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very competitive with myself. I'm not that competitive with others, um, which is, was a, was a little bit of a blessing and, and a curse in, in professional sport. Yeah, I, I, I so. never, you go, yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, you, I definitely had a lot of teammates that were, you know, just, they wanted to kill their competitor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really driven in that direction. It was, I just always have been really competitive with myself to see what, you know, what heights I can reach and in this, this is happening right now. Can you go a little bit further? And so it would, that was enough for me. That was enough to, to push me really, really far. But it's, it's interesting at the very end of my career. Um, I, I had just become a little bit bored in a way with, with, with competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's because I had so far surpassed whatever I thought I might accomplish in cycling. Yeah. And then being just competitive with myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do something else now. Like that was, I checked that box times a million, you know, what yeah. I thought was possible. And um, so really team pursuit, which is on the velodrome track cycling, what I went to the Olympics in um, the aspect of having this experience with teammates 
Uh, and because we were like family, we were like sisters. Like I had to show up for them at my best every day. And they, for me, that brought this whole new uh, beautiful layer to competition that I got really into. And then, mm-hmm. and then that, you know, because it was, um, yeah, it was really getting kind of, it was, it was just getting kind of boring mentally and emotionally for me mm-hmm. there towards the end until I, till I switched to the track and I, I found team pursuit and yeah. So. Yeah. Did you, did you see, um, did you see any kind of similarities with like the way, I don't know, like the way you sort of tried to control your eating and into your drug use with then later on with sports? Cause I feel like, I feel like we're constantly battling our own inner demons. Yeah, kind of sure. Kind of yeah. Well, cycling is, you know, as all endurance sports are, and, and really even not endurance sports is requires a, a pretty high level of suffering uh, d- d- degree, right? Especially yeah. right in, in training. And so I, I had that, I think I had that just built in intrinsically from the eating disorder and from starving myself. There's a euphoric feeling that you get if you can get past the really horrible feeling of starving mm-hmm. that I think is the body's way for self-preservation. Um, so I, I had had such a, so, so just depths of suffering in my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So when it, when I got well and it, and moved over to cycling, the suffering in cycling felt almost freeing in a way, because I knew no matter how bad I was suffering, it was going to end. Yeah. It was going to end in the, in the next hour, in the, if you're doing intervals in the next five minutes in the, next, you know, I mean, it was yeah. always going to end. And in my eating disorder, I never had that comfort. Oh. To, to, I didn't think it was ever going to end quite frankly, like for a long time, I thought I would never get well. I thought I would, I, I would lose my life to it. So it really allowed me to dig, I think quite a bit deeper yeah. than people are usually willing to go physically uh, in cycling because I knew it was going to end. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that's so interesting. I've never seen that comparison, but that's super, that's super clear to me that you were able to sort of dive deeper because you know, you weren't going to kill yourself in cycling. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew I was going to, you know, it was going to be over and I was going to like go to the hotel with my teammates and like have dinner, you know, it's like there. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not just going to be just in, in, in the trenches in misery for, you know, days, weeks, you know, years, it just, it was going to end. So that, that allowed me to dig pretty deep. I think. Mm -hmm. Was there a tipping point for you? Like when you knew that old life of yours uh, had finished and you were onto this new chapter, because I can imagine that being pretty all consuming, like struggling with addiction and um, eating disorders. And I know you had challenges with mental health. Um, And was there a moment where you like, I don't know, like I've had, I've had uh, bouts of depression as well. And I remember like physically feeling my feet on the floor again. You know, that feeling yeah. of just like, oh, I can leap again. Do you remember yeah. a moment like that? Yeah. You know, gosh, it's, I had, a, I had a moment like that, like a couple of days ago where I, I don't know that I remember like all these specific moments as I was traversing into cycling, but now just being 100% well and mm-hmm. healed from my eating disorder and have been for almost 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I made some, food, you know, food, we're, we're all made, we're all making food decisions or food choices all day, every day, because mm-hmm. we're eating, you know, whatever, three or four times a day. And I, I, I just was the other day finished a ride. <laughs> then my sister's husband had made this big, like, uh, 
acai bowl, right? With like granola yeah. and strawberries and all this stuff and everything. And I ate, I was eating it after the ride. And I was just, I just remember being like, oh, I feel sort of finished and I'd only eaten half of it. So I stuck the other half in the freezer. And my sister's like, you never fit. You just, why is there, why is there, all, there's always bites of things out of things in the refrigerator or whatever. Right. And I thought, I just thought to myself, I thought, God, that feels so good. Like I made that decision out of like, I don't, I don't feel like I want this anymore. A couple yeah. hours later, I'm going to want something savory. Like it just was this supernatural, like this, my body's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm kind of full or this doesn't taste good anymore. Whereas before it would have been so rigid, like a very specific decision to only eat a third of that for all these reasons right. of that are rules that I've set. And so it happens just in the most random times where I just kind of smiled at myself. and like, that's just, that's just the nature of my body taking over and being like, yeah. oh, I don't, like, I don't really want more of that. And then just like, not, yeah, it feels really good. Yeah. Like, it feels I love so, it. It feels so free. I mean, I can see, I can also see like you're, you're, you're joyful. Like it's such a, a freeing, yeah. as you said. And yeah. I, I do think like, you know, it's interesting with, with food or with any kind of addiction, like it's, it stops you from doing the thing you want sometimes. Like yes. it, must, it must've felt like at some point going, gosh, I don't even have the energy to pursue things because I'm so exhausted. No, I remember I had gotten down to just about 225 calories a day. And I remember I had, I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't hold relationships. Yeah. I couldn't really hold friendships. And I remember being in my apartment in Maniunk, right outside of the city of Philadelphia in bed, like rubbing my hands down from my neck to the, my lower stomach. And I, you know, no boobs and it was super sharp ribs. And it was, so, it was, there was so nothing there that it was like, there's my spleen, there's my lip. Like it was so, wow. and I remember being like, oh, this is not, this isn't, I'm not going to last that much longer. Like this is not, and I was trying to read a book. It's like all I could, I couldn't really move much. Like I would lay in bed all day. Yeah. And I, I remember I read the same page 20 times. Cause yeah. it, it, nothing was going in. Like I, I really couldn't organize any thoughts and nothing would, so, would soak in. Yeah. And that fe had a feeling of, I remember this is, this is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. This is not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Was that the moment that you kind of set up and, and got support? I got a little worse. I mean, it was a, a it was a suicide attempt in Philadelphia and this uh, running out the 76 freeway after I tried it with pills, which were obviously both unsuccessful, but that was, those two attempts were very shortly after that. Yeah. 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 Very shortly. I just thought, and people can relate to this, I think, but if you haven't had an, an addiction, it's hard to relate to where it's like, I literally do not have the energy to heal from this. Yes. Like I cannot mm -hmm. go get, I mean, it's, it sounds like a great idea to like go get a therapist and dive in and work really hard and I just don't have any, I don't yeah. have that. So I, I just, I just, let's just let it, let's end it. And then who gave you a leg up? Because I think that that's when cheerleaders come into play. Right. Cause I, I agree with you that when you say, you know, you see friends struggling and you're like, like, just all you have to do is get out of bed. Like, don't try to get out of bed and write your memoirs and uh, like, I don't know, like create a mansion or like those, those grand dreams, just get out of bed, get a shower. And then the next day, you know what, get a shower and maybe call a friend. Like it's sort of these mini steps. 
Was there a cheerleader around you? My boyfriend was there with that second suicide attempt. I mean, not out on the freeway with me, but saw it happen and, and wow. saved my life. And so he called them and they were just, I mean, they had been panic stricken for five years because they knew, you know, they saw me. Um, they were really the, my parents and my sister were kind of that catalyst, but it, it, for me, it was more, they just, you know how people are with eating disorders. It's it, it, people can conceptualize and understand drug addiction, alcohol addiction right. better. The eating disorders, it's like it's just so hard for people it's to wrap really their head why you just yeah. won't eat something. Like just my dad would always say, "Can we just go sit down together? I feel if you could just eat like even half of a cheeseburger, we would like be able to, you know, pass yeah. this yeah. thing you're doing." You know, it's like, no, Dad, I don't think that's gonna work. Um, so it, they're just they had no idea really you know, what to do or what to say. And I, I, for me, it was seeing their extreme pain that they were in seeing yeah. me. It's like this mirror. Right. And, and I, and I just remember thinking, okay, I don't have the energy for this, but I'm going to just sort of try mm -hmm. because it's going to suck if I don't try and I die. And then they, they, they just realized that I didn't try. It's yeah. like, they're not going to care one way or the other. If I'm dead, they're just going <laughs> to, but that's that. That's that really diseased thinking. And so they were kind of the catalyst because I thought I've just got to try a little bit for them. It won't work and it, I won't be successful, but I, I best just give it a, a, a go or almost kind of like, I remember thinking to myself, which is ugly, like pretend to try so that they think I'm trying. So yeah. then it's like, you know, yeah. um, I think it's called fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah. 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 There go you on, go. Huh? But it's good. To, no, it's good to have, I mean, a lot of people, you know, really at the end of the day, yes, you have to eventually want something. And I did have to eventually want something, but you know, catalysts can come from anywhere. It yeah. doesn't like the first thing doesn't have to be, I want to get better. No, no. Yeah. And I, I think some people think that they, they definitely do. And, and yeah. so it's good for them to hear that, you know, there, there can be that bright light or that yeah. catalyst or that cheerleader from, from anywhere. And that can be the beginning of your road. It really can. And then you'll, yeah. you'll you can, you can work yourself into wanting it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about addictions, because I do think like alcohol and drug addictions are things that people understand. It's it's out in the yeah. open. And then things like eating disorders and, you know, other lesser spoken of addictions like, I don't know, like shopping addictions and workahol workaholism and things like that, that that are equally detrimental to your mental health. But we don't we don't speak about them because they're not as out in the open. I know. Yeah. Education is is uh it's i it still is very surprising most of the eating disorder clinics and recovery centers around the u.s anyway some of their recovery methods and tactics i i, I still i still think we have so much mm -hmm. work to do and so much research to do in this space um really understanding root causes and it not being about the actual food mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, because yeah. it never is. Really, it I was going to say, it's got nothing to do with the food. Even with alcohol or drugs, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's never, yeah. it's just like pick your poison and, and, and it's just you acting out on your pain in that way. But I think, you know, obviously with, you know, with anorexia, you still have to, with alcohol, it's like, you can't, you won't be taking another drink again. And then you're, you know, you're off the rocker. If you do is, you know, how complicated it is with eating disorders and mm -hmm. anorexia. It's like, you know, it, it's, you, you, it's like literally, you're having to put the what is con you consider a poison mm -hmm. it back in uh, in three hours. Yeah. And I'm just, uh, oh yeah. It, it just it, revolves around it. Painstakingly, yeah. Yeah, it's really. So, like moving, then did you feel like 
I mean, your relationship with food has been kind of a beautiful love story then. Like it was sort of like this, you know, you met food and had like a disagreement at the beginning, but now you've got right. this amazing relationship with food and your, um, you know, your, the way that you support your, your uh, plant-based diet. Um, yeah. I don't even yeah. know lifestyle. Yeah, that's no, no, definitely lifestyle versus diet because it's um, it's a soulful connection to what's on my plate versus yeah. just a, a mental like you know whatever calories or energy or um, yeah you know or, that must or have been another or, like that must have been another like great um, dawn breaking when you discovered like the power of eating well especially with your your athletic athletic work. Well, I, and I stumbled upon it for that. I mean, I didn't know that it was going to do that for me at all. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I came across veganism or plant-based eating via the ethical route. And you can see my dog here I'm sitting with. It was just like, <laughs> once I, you know, had my eyes peeled back and open to what goes on behind closed doors every single day, the last yeah. second that we've been talking, 265,000 lives were were taken for our plates just in the United States alone. It's like, it's mind boggling um, the cruelty and the suffering behind it all. I just, it was just a soul shift. I just thought, what, I, I can't, I can't be a party to that. I, yeah. and, and, and I just had a soul shift. It just, it just was like, if I, if I love something, it probably doesn't include eating it. Like mm-hmm. if you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's when it. you love a living being, right? So, um, so it was, it was more that, and it was everything was was that, and so I made the shift and I made the the change. And when I had was healing from my eating disorder, I had a rule with my therapist that I am not well until there isn't one single solitary food that um, I will won't allow on my plate. Like I have to be able to eat anything and everything. Cause as you right. know, there's just a thousand rules when you're anorexic, like all sorts of weird, weird rules around food and how much of it and what and everything. Sure. And yeah. so I had, I had gotten there a hundred percent. And this is, you know, 10 years before I went plant-based, but when, when you're not eating animal foods for, for the ethics of it, it is like, it's so, it's such a joyful way to eat, Mm. you know, like you're eating and you just, you know, that, you you know, you haven't, you you haven't played a role in the, the misery and the death and the suffering of, of, of this innocent, beautiful being that that's just like my little one here, you know, just with the same, you know, familial relationships and complexities and love for life and zest for partnership and friendships. And it's, it, it, so it it's I, I I I smile every time I make any food. It's just it feels so good. So it's it's this um it's really interesting kind of going backwards. You know, saying nothing's allowed. You know, there has to be I have to be able to allow everything on my plate. And then what shifted in me is, oh, animals are not food. That that's not an option because they're not food. They're my friends. Yeah. You know. So right. now it's I everything is allowed on my plate, but just. <laughs> this is stuff that I don't consider food. No, it's like if I was going to eat like a lamp, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to eat that either because right. it's not food to me. It's just not. No, it gets be... caught in your teeth. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last time, the glass ones are really tough. Oh, I mean, the glass so tough. Lamps. 
So it's just like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's been, an, it's been an interesting journey in that. For sure. Where did that come in your cycling journey? Cause, um, was that like, had you plateaued in your cycling and then that took you to a higher level? I don't know if I plateaued because we'll never know if I was right. eating animal foods for those last couple of years. Right. If I was right. going to ascend in the same way, but the, that's not entirely the point. The point is that it was, you know, done on plants. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I remember just when I switched over plant-based diet, this is two years before Olympics. And I, I, I remember thinking, oh God, I hope just, please just let me stay the same. <laughs> like, please just don't right. let me lose like yeah. any strength and, you know, repairability and um, endurance. But uh, yeah, I was quite surprised at, at the difference that it, and that's, you know, that, that part of the story is what's highlighted in the Game Changers documentary is, yeah. is kind of oh, what happened to me physically and the different athletes as they, as they changed over. Yeah. It's such a great documentary, but I also love what you were talking about. Cause I think, I mean, they're all entwined, right? Like what you're talking about with um, like food preparation and the love of contributing to the earth or like contributing to your, the guests that you're feeding. Like it all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like I have to admit, I, I'm an, a meat eater. I've stopped mm-hmm. eating, eating red meat, but it's funny after like doing the research on your work, I was like, I'm, I, I'm going to try it. I'd like to try it to see how it affects my health, you know, as I, as you get yeah. older too. And I'm excited to see, yeah. I've got like, uh, what have I got going? I've got like Hashimoto's uh, thyroid things and I've okay. got fibroids. And I'm like, what happens if this actually serves oh. the purpose of the medication that I'm doing? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll keep in touch. I know a couple of people with Hashimoto's that have just yeah. completely knocked it out with, with the power of plants. Yeah. Yeah. They really are medicine. It's dedication, right? It's also like the commitment yeah. of like, no, let's, you know, and also your family so that you don't get like your husband eating, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers next to you. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah, know, right. You know. And he is too that. Cause that's, it's just, you know, I mean, with what you have going on, especially with the fibroids that I, I don't know, dairy needs to definitely go. Oh yeah. Um, I'm off. I'm off. Right. Dairy. I don't oh, good, good, dairy. good, good, yeah. good, good, good. Um, Although I don't say no to cheese if it's dressed up nice. You know what I mean? Oh, well that's, <laughs> that's concentrated milk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it, you know, try, have fun with it. Yeah. Like, just like little bit by little bit it just get excited. I'm going to give it a shot. I think I'm really excited to see if it has it. But as you said, like how it's all entwined, right? Like when you talk yeah. uh, in the in the Game Changer documentary about um, uh, damage and repair, like that was a huge turning point for you too. But isn't that like, isn't that kind of yeah. like life? Like, aren't you like changing mm-hmm. things so that because we're all going to go through damages as we go through life and how sure. do we repair? How do we make sure yeah. that we bounce back? And it's having like, yeah. you know, the things around you. Did yeah. you connect those as you were growing through it? Yeah, and you get you know, you, you come out of each challenge stronger, right? So just the same as an athlete, like you, you know, that's why you're damaging so that you repair stronger. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, that's why athletes cheat and, and dope and blood yeah. dope and stuff, right? Because they're, it makes it so they're able to do more work. Right. Right. It's not just like this magic, like, boom, I'll just go faster. Like they're able to, you, you still have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. even if you, So you, you're able to do, um, you know, on the dope more work, so that you can, you know, go to the line and you, 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 you have, you have what it takes. Yeah. So it is interesting to, that, that, right. Right. The comparison to just life itself. Yeah. I just <laughs> wondered if like, you know, like once, a, once an athlete, always an athlete, 
you know, even though yeah. you might have retired as a quote unquote, you know, an Olympic athlete, mm -hmm. you still have those, those, that makeup within you. Yeah, I think really all it does is just drive my, my team crazy at Switch for Good because it's, I, I have that, I'm very, I'm, I'm a very hard charger, very hard driver, very expect a lot from myself. And then you just kind of automatically tend to expect from everyone else, what you expect from yourself, because that's just natural to do, because like, why expect something different? And mm -hmm. um, that's been my greatest challenge of the last couple of years is, is leadership mm -hmm. and, 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 and being a, um, you know, worked with a career coach and, you know, took all the tests and the predictive index and trying to figure out like what the hell my problem is. Cause I'm it's, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really love doing it that much, which is, you know, I'm just, I'm better at just managing myself. Um, I've never worked for anyone and I'm 48. So that's probably another layer of a problem. Like I've never had, yeah, <laughs> there's never, problem. I don't know, um, whatever it is. So I, I'm not, it, I don't, I guess I don't know a lot of what it feels like to be on the other side, but I'm extremely in, independent. So yeah. the other, you know, obviously opposite of that is collaboration, which is required for a team. Yeah. And then I'm extremely introverted. So, um, I just, I just do, I don't do well with small groups, small meetings. So I kind of, I just sort of go into a shell and clam up. Like I, I don't yeah. like to fight for the microphone or to hear myself talk, which extroverts like to hear themselves talk. I'll just say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the world's 80% extroverts, you know? So it's, um, it's a really just, it's a very uncomfortable, not natural state for me in, in a, in a leadership role. And mm -hmm. so just had to, dive really deep into to how I can be effective and how I can not hate it because otherwise what are we doing right like you, right um and yeah like so you're doing something with joy right then you find yourself going like well that was a tough meeting that was no fun what am I doing right yeah. yes and I did like a year and a half of that like yeah. just straight just I, you know, it was just like and that's where the athletes showed up in yeah. so many ways like I just would beat myself up like just get, get your shit together this is just how it is yeah just work harder do more drive faster more impact and um and then that that just sort of it, it's like that would sort of mask the suffering my own suffering of yeah. feeling really like a fish out of water and super uncomfortable in the role and 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 yeah so I've learned a lot and it's helped to, mm -hmm. to learn a lot and understand the whys behind it but nonetheless you still have to like get up the next day and do it or, or not <laughs> and mm -hmm. even if you know the whys I've, I've noticed like okay I know why I'm like this now but I'm still like this yeah so like, yeah. shit. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> I get it. I get so it. So hard. You believe in it so much that it makes you wake up in the morning and go back to the track, right? Yeah, exactly. It sort of treat, you treat it very much the same. Um, yeah. Was there a moment with your leadership journey that you were like consciously changing something about the way you lead? I really, as, a, as an extreme introvert, I love really deeply rich one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yeah. Or I like to speak in front of 5,000 people. Okay. I don't, I'm not a big nurturer of, I'm not a big nurturer in general, which is why I had no human children because, oh my God, that would not have worked out. Um, I'm not a big nurturer of humans. I'm way more connected to animals and that's yeah. why I'm doing what I'm doing. If animals could do this work, we'd be, yeah. So I, I just- Hey, don't I, knock it. Maybe they can. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I know. She's helped me get through a lot. So they say- can you do an iPad? Can you work an iPad? <laughs> I know. When our dogs are looking at us on the computer that we yeah. just must look, like the stupidest, Idiots. like, why are you staring at that light yeah. box for nine hours? Yeah. <laughs> well, so you know dumb. what? 
why are you chewing your paw for 15 minutes? We can have that discussion too. <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I know. It must look ridiculous, but um, so, so trying to be more understanding and more nurturing because I, I, I'll tend to just be like a militant. Like I don't, I'm not your sister. I'm not your friend, I'm not your therapist. I, I, I just, I just need you to do the stuff. I'm pretty sure your paycheck showed up last week. Right. It did. It did on time. So fucking get your shit together and don't bring, I don't want you to like, like, and because I don't bring any of that stuff to work. Like it just doesn't show up. It's just not where I put it. It's, it's, you know, and so um, just being, yeah, a little calmer, a little more understanding, a little more nurturing. I don't really know that I'm pulling it off, but um, I'm really trying, but it's not my natural state, which is like, God, that's, I, that freaked me out when I found that out. Like I, it's not my natural state to be nice. Is that what I'm saying right now? <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's I Not in that setting. I, I totally understand it. Oh my God. And I totally understand that idea. Cause I have that kind of work ethics of like, well, let's just get to work. And then yeah. I, at some point I realized like the joy I have in the, um, I don't know, like the diversions from work because you see how much joy it brings to everybody else and joy is the fuel, right? Like jokes and fun are the fuel that are going to, because at the end of the day, everybody can work hard and that if they're not satisfied and joyful, they're not going to come back to work. So, um, so, I mean, it's work. You must find some qualities because Switch for Good is, is still existing and it's still moving forward, right? So it's, it must be working on some capacity. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's always done really well impact-wise, you know? It, it, yeah. it's, it's, but, you know, I, 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 I don't think there's, there's probably not sustainability in being such a hard charger and a hard yeah. driver. Or I, I need to, you know, it's a, it's, it's a balance of how much I, I still expect that from myself. And so I still do it that way. So I still struggle with, you know, team members that it's like are not moving at the same pace. It's very difficult um, for sure to yeah. understand, you know, but it just, I've just kind of come, it just is, it just is. Yeah. We're just all different. We all have different speeds that we process on and through yeah. and in. And um, I definitely, I learned that processing speed thing from my husband's and my therapist. Like when you get, we get cross or we're dealing with an, an, an issue or trying to fight through something. Um, one of us has a very fast processor and one of us has quite a slow processor. So one of us might be like, uh, okay, so we just dealt with that. Awesome. Let's go to the yeah. beach. And like, if we're, and I can just completely become a different human in, in five seconds. Right. But the other person's slope is a slow process. So it could be a day or two before yeah. that energy can come back to center. Um, that was really helpful to learn. I mean, it, critical for our marriage because it's, you know, the other one is like, what is your problem? We just fix this. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Have I put wine. that in a box in the garage. What's the problem? We're done. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we got through it. And so uh, that's a little bit with the, you know, the, the, the team too, right? It's just understanding yeah. people's different speeds at, at which they do anything. Really. Fun though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'd give it that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how many connections you're making to cycling, like your team and different speeds. Like, did mm -hmm. you, can you connect? Oh, with, you know what I mean? Like you, you had your team as a cyclist and yeah. you must have seen the different personalities. Cause I mean, if you have a team full of leaders, you're kind of screwed. If you have a team full yeah. of followers, you're kind of screwed. You are, you are that. Yeah. And then, so my teammates, I really blame any issues we've had at switch for good on my cycling teammates, yeah, Jenny and you. Sarah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
because they were these two humans that, and I, I guess this is the, I guess this is the athlete because it's not really a personality type. It's just, you, you tend to get this out of a high level athletes where every day that they showed up, they brought their best. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we were together for thousands and thousands of days, yeah. right? Like many years in before. So I never saw anything else out of them. However, their best wasn't always great. No, sometimes their best was like, oh, you know, having a bad day, but they brought it. And I, they, ta they taught me to do the same. I, I think I, I naturally did that to a degree, but I mean, really, so I am eternally frustrated with that not happening with the team. That, that, that's, it's like, I just don't understand. Like, I'm fine if it's like, if you're, it's like, I am not showing up at all today because I'm not my best. That, I'd rather hear that than like the half ass show up. Right. Um, I don't, I can't, I just can't, I don't understand it. It's like that, that's, this, it, maybe it's just athlete language or something. And, it, and it's, but it's not how everyone operates. And, and, and people that, and they're, and they're wonderful people doing wonderful work, really way smarter than I am. And doing, a, it's just that one aspect is something that I've struggled deeply with. And I think that it is my teammates' fault. So it's, yeah, you know. Good. No, it's not your fault for sure. No, <laughs> At no, least no, no. it's not mine. No. <laughs> um, they kind of showed me, you know, what that looks like. And it's, yeah. it's not easy to do. But know? don't you think like, the, so there's three of you on the team, yeah? Right. And well, there's, I mean, you know, you go, so you're, you're with multiple teammates all the time. And you're always trying to make that team that's going to travel to that world cup. So right. yes, three people race, but it's kind of like, you know, behind closed doors. I mean, it's, 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 it's like a soccer team where there's 20 of you and you're all training together and then you get selected at the end. And then you have to instantly be a perfect unit. If you want to beat the other countries. Right. It's it's a mind fuck it, for sure. I often look at teams as um, versions of Wizard of Oz: Lion, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Man. Heart, courage, and brain. Yeah, smarts. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've got like these different things, and then somebody has to bring like the the journey, which was Dorothy. Dorothy takes them on the journey. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the makeup. Can you see that in your cycling team? That's like, really cool. Brought? Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you bring and what did the other two bring? I think I brought, I think I brought the heart and Ginny brought us the courage and Sarah brought us the, 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 the brains, if you will. And in, in terms of just like, just, she, she was the best yeah. out of the three of us. And, and so just that always strive that we were always striving to, you know, be able to support her and, and to be, you know, to, I mean, neither one of us ever got as fast as she is or was but um so yeah, yeah yeah that's true they were both very um you know kind of black and white cut and dry somewhat militant and yeah. i love the event more than they did they'll they'll say that so there was there was that's why i say i brought the heart because i just I, I fell in love so passionately with that like i was describing earlier i was kind of done with competing with myself like I was like okay yeah you know didn't but this just brought this whole other um journey to cycling for me yeah. and I just loved they were both better than I was so I loved trying to rise to the occasion as yeah. often as I possibly could around them they just brought they just brought out the best that's all there yeah. is to it that it was just yeah it's so yeah. exciting when you can find yourself that kind of team and you're just like I see what you're doing and I'm going to, I'm going to meet you as opposed to yeah. pulling folks up or like feeling like you're the one that's scrambling. It's such a, 
it's such a treat. You must miss them so much right now. <laughs> Even though it's their fault that I'm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you yeah. must, I mean, I mean, it's been a while since you've competed, uh, but you must competed miss, you must, for sure. I mean, Jenny yeah. and I are quite close. We're we're gonna go on a vacation together in September. Um, so we, I mean, we keep in touch. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll be in touch till we're ninety. I mean, you know, kind of thing. But um, everybody's on a different path you know yeah. sarah's the the head coach of the paralympic the track paralympic oh, team wow. so she's just like pa paying it forward doing such cool shit with yeah. oh that yeah those 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 guys and gals and um you know jenny's jenny's a mom she's two yeah. humans and um that seems really hard yeah. <laughs> she's she's yeah. doing it you know she's doing she's it a so. different team over there so yeah exactly yeah. so we're just we're doing really different things but um there's that you know that bond will never be yeah. broken that's for sure what yeah. was that like when you finished competing and you started like on that that must have been a tough divorce you know I think I mean it is for so many athletes like I don't know if you've seen the documentary the weight of gold no um but it's it's about that and and yeah. how, how tough it is uh uh how tough the transition can be I, I think I got really lucky because a I started so late um so it's not something that I had been doing since I was four right because if, if you are doing it since your childhood, you have completely ingrained your total identity into that. Yeah. Like it is that, right? It would be Dotsie, the, 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 the cyclist, Dotsie is the cycling, cycling yeah. Olympian with it. All your birthday um, cards, all your presents at Christmas. Everything, all your, your and how the world sees you. Like your view of yourself is how the world sees you, which is would be champion cyclist or whatever it is. Right. So because I started so late, I'd had kind of a whole life before cycling. And also um, it, it just, it, it, I, I also, as you know, as we've talked about this podcast, reach heights that I never thought I would reach. So those two together, uh, when it was time to retire after London, it was, I felt so satisfied, mm. so satiated, so, so like grateful that it, I mean, London went our way. That's all there is to it. I mean, you know, lots, I don't know if I would have been so grateful if it hadn't, but it was, I mean, we, we produced rides in London that we never had before. And I, we wouldn't have been able to produce the next day. Like we had the magical Olympic moment. Um, and so I just, it was, I, I look back, you know, even the day after I was like ready for new adventures, I looked back on it with such um, extraordinary, um, like just joy and, 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 and appreciate appreciativeness yeah. at what was, was behind. And I didn't, I wasn't, to me, I wasn't Dotsie the cyclist. I was just Dotsie. So I, I didn't have, that was not my identity. It never really was. I mean, it was for a period of time as I was racing, like, yeah, that's what I do for a living. But I, that, that's where it's so tough. That's where it's such a tough transition is when your whole identity is wrapped up in, in that. And then suddenly, literally overnight, it's not, yeah. right? It's not like athletes kind of like, you know, it, it, you usually they just stop or even worse, almost like, is like kind of keep going, but then you're not anywhere near where you were. So then you're like, well, yeah. that would just feel horrible. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough deal. I know some that are in a really bad way yeah. right now who are multi-time gold medalists. It's crazy how, how um, that dive from, you know, the heights of, of your, of your sport and of, of your life, you know, and then trying to like, maybe find that high again, I'm sure is another aspect yeah, I was of it, say, right? It's and an addiction, right? Like that's where are you going to find that? Yeah. I mean, it's, just, you're not, you're not. And, and that, that part of it, uh, is the only part that I miss that, 
that feeling's cool, right? Like that feeling is, it's very difficult to, to recreate that, that kind of high. I get it. Yeah. So, but, you know, but there's other highs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're probably, are you experiencing those with your work now? The, the, the work that you're doing with um, your company and with, with public speaking and things like that? I mean, it's probably not the same, yeah. but are you finding yeah. any kind of momentum that way? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A yeah. lot, lot of joy when I, when I see that we're, we're making strides forward and impact has happened and people are changing and the world is changing and yeah. it's very different kind of high, right? Like it just feels yeah. very different, but it's nonetheless, it's, um, oh, I don't know. It just makes you feel more like I can take a deep breath. Yeah. Like that feel like, like it's, it's, you know, cause you know, you're doing any kind of really, you know, for a cause cause related work, it, you need to stop and take a minute and see and, and, and notice that things are, are changing some because it, they're never changing fast enough, no matter what work you're doing. I mean, no. child slavery, poly, I mean, anything you're working towards. And so you will, I've learned that you have to stop and look and go, wait, this, this, and even really celebrate the teeniest of victories yeah. because otherwise you're just, you're just beating your head every single day. Cause you're definitely, you know, we're not winning yet. And so you have to, yeah, you have to take those moments where it's like, I mean, okay. there's never going to be a podium time for this, this one, you know, there's never going to be the end where you're like, well, we won. Like, well, I don't constantly... think in my lifetime, but I mean, I have a dream that there's, you know, we have an animal free food future. Like, I mean, we're going yeah. to have to in, a, you right. know, another hundred, I mean, <laughs> there's not going to be enough room mm -hmm. for all of us and them. Um, but uh, I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to see it in my lifetime. Yeah. 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 What's the what's the latest um, little victory that you're like? Okay, we're making a difference. Uh, the 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 level uh, and quality of work that we're able to do versus even just two years ago. I mean, we're only two and a half years old, but um, we are uh, creating uh, guides and playbooks for plant based eating for the International Olympic Committee. Um, that would have never. I don't even think that would have been something that they felt like they needed even three years ago. Yeah. So, you know, big, and, and we're getting ready to do a partnership with Beyond Sport, and they are very global. It's, it's people are getting the memo to um, what a monster pressure animal agriculture is on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And so, so many big corporations are making climate commitments, and they are now recognizing that food has to, to play a role in their climate commitment. That wasn't, that conversation wasn't even happening three or four years yeah, ago. No so we're working with some, with some pretty big corporations on bringing food into their climate commitment, what that looks like, how that's structured, what that means for them. So those are things, because it's, you know, like, this is on much bigger scale than yeah. it was ever even just, yeah, like a few years ago. And definitely when I started 10 years ago, um, you know, like they were, I don't even think anyone really knew what plant-based eating was. I mean, you know, and they thought vegans were like, you know, like anorexics that were, yeah. you know, gonna, gonna die soon. Cause they look like, or hippies or whatever they tree huggers and, you know. Yeah. Right. Or they're all people munchers. that have to bring their own food when you have dinner parties. Cause you yeah. know how to cater to what their needs are or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 But um, I went home to Kentucky last week and then I have a moment of, Oh, wow. It's, it's not really happening. Like, cause I'm in California. So yeah. it's <laughs> very different. It was a restaurant I went to with my girlfriend and I said, you know, I thought, oh, can you just make something? I'm vegan. Like whatever is on the menu. And he's like, we don't really have any vegan food. And I was like, you don't have broccoli. <laughs> you don't have potatoes. You don't have spaghetti. Like 
like people did say, and I realized, yeah. like, God, maybe we've done it. Like that's gone backwards because they don't. It's like, <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. you're just serving dead animals tonight. Like that's it. Is on everybody's plate. Like it's what are the you title of the restaurant. It's called Dead Animals Restaurant. <laughs> how, exactly. how could you make a mistake? I know, Only but then you're in animals. California, right? So like you, yeah, you have you're spoiled here. You're like, Oh, it's happening. You know, like yeah. every restaurant here, even if it's not, you know, a vegan restaurant, like there's, there's all sorts of options, you know, yeah. like they just know that they have to have them. So anyway, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I, it's really exciting though. I think, uh, I I'm really excited for that shift too. Like I can see, you know, as I said, I think, well, actually something you said in one of your quotes was like, just make a little change, right? Like just make yeah. a little change. And I think that is sort of the same way as uh, dealing with addictions. Like don't try to get up in the morning and write your memoirs. Just get up in the right. morning and put right. two shoes just on. Just get up. Yeah. You know? So it's the progress, not perfection, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's tricky yeah. though, isn't it? it? It is, but it's what exactly what you're saying. And so you're saying it in a much better, more digestible way. It was like, just get up and take a shower and don't, yeah. you know, but it's like just, uh, just, a, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit every day. And, and then sometimes you go backwards, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow can't be full of progress. I like love that too. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It just means you're like yeah. taking a, a step day. back and step forward. Yeah. 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 It feels like you've lived your life um, by your gut. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I feel well, like it well really said. like, it just feels like things like you've chosen your path along the way and you're like checking in with your gut, even like I'm sure when you found yourself in the state that you were in, like when you felt yourself suicidal, there was a part of your gut that's like, this can't happen because of my parents. Like, can't, like you're, you were still in touch with your gut, even if it was a soft, a soft whisper. Yeah. 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 I think that's really, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's really beautiful. I, I'm, I so enjoyed speaking with you. We're going to wrap it up. I don't want to, cause I really could speak to you forever. And I hope that it was fun when we're in Los Angeles again, that we can, uh, we can meet in person. Cause I think, uh, I think ah, that'd be super cool. So extraordinary. I totally relate to all the things you're saying, you know, like leading the way you lead and the way you're the passion that you have behind your projects. I'm so connected to that as well. So I'm really, uh, inspired from our discussion i am too um and we do a wrap-up we do uh turn the tables where you can ask me a question oh yeah you like that <laughs> you're excited yeah. but as we were talking i i i'm i'm curious as to um like your your my anorexic moment right like that yeah. catalyst like what was yours that turned into uh your your driver you know, kind of your, your, your life driver that kind of everything like maybe bounced off of and you realize, Hey, no, I got this. I got this because you went through X. Oh, great. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know. Gosh, what was the thing that changed? So I knew I needed to audition for second city. Do you know what second city is? Yeah. 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 So, is it in Chicago? Yeah. So they have a Chicago theater and a Toronto theater. Okay. So um, I knew that I needed to do that. And I knew that when I, when I got a part in the touring company, I knew it was going to mess up my life. I just knew it because I hadn't been living my true self. You know, I think I'd been living like a really, uh, I was married to somebody else. And I think we had a really great marriage. Yeah. And I think a lot of the reasons we had a good marriage is because that was my job. I was just a really good wife. I would, we'd go on these trips that I would plan. I'd make a great scrapbook. I'd have great parties and that was my job. And so uh -huh. when I started shifting towards who I really was, which was, I wanted to do comedy. I loved like Second City was something in my heart of hearts for like, I grew up with it. 
And so as soon as I started doing that, I was like, oh, I'm home. And that, that felt, um, that felt better. And then my, my marriage fell apart. And I remember actually speaking to my therapist and she said, are you, do you, are you think you're suicidal? And I said, I think my like creative soul is suicidal right now. Like, I feel like I'm rescuing it. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. But you were there and you had the wherewithal that it's like you, that part, there was a part of you that was like, no, I'm not suicidal, but, but I I know the part of me that is, and I'm nurturing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's that kind of precipice though. Like what you were saying, like you can't, when you don't have the energy, like I remember going, I don't mm-hmm. have the energy to save myself right now. No. And I was going to therapy and that was super helpful. And she was like, I think you should start coming in twice a week. And I'm like, ah, I'm so messed up. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I was finding my way and, um, and comedy totally like gave me the, the, the leg up that I needed for sure. That is rad. It's okay to go. I did, I did it four days a week for a really long time that yeah. first year with therapy. So it's okay. Yeah. Second, two no. days is not. <laughs> I mean, I went from, I mean, I went from having one doctor that was my dentist to like four doctors. And I was like, what is going on with, like, I came from no. very, like my father's Lithuanian. You just work hard. You work through it. Right. If you have a problem, just work harder. Yeah. And, and don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Compartmentalize, <laughs> put that away. So yeah. Um, but I knew Period. that if I didn't, I think it's the same way, like in, in, in lesser extent, of course, but like, I knew if I didn't change anything, I was going to creatively die. Like, I think I could feel myself not being truthful. And then how long were you at Second City? So we did five shows, so five years. And it was wow. like incredible to do. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like every night doing like comedy shows and the, the best, the best. And it made totally. me just go, I never want to do anything else. Like it's probably the same thing as when you jumped on a yeah. bike and went, oh, oh, I never, this is always going to really be part like of my it. life. Yeah. 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 And it is. That's true. That's yeah. True. I could feel, feel the wind in my comedy hair. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's, that's your thing. That's it. That that, you're, you were spot on. Yeah. Thank um, you. Okay. I'm going to give you some wrap up questions. Here we go. Firecracker wrap up questions. Okay. Fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is. Um, well, you, cause you're the first firecracker person I've met that I knew that is like, oh, there's a, what that means and what that connectivity is. And so you're, you're my first. So I'm gonna say you. Oh my gosh. I'm honored. Uh, what, what do you want to be best known for? Compassion. If your life was a movie and this was like one of the final scenes, what would you think would be a turning point, a climactic moment in your movie? Definitely living and not dying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I am so sure. I'm so happy for that boyfriend and for the cars that missed you. Yeah. 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 We're so lucky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too, though. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what's something that people don't know about you? I've been with a woman before. I don't think I've ever said that. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah fun. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's a fun, um, fun fact. I love it. Where do you find your power? Animals. Yes. Yeah. Like if I can, I do like with the one that you can't see this, my, my latest rescue, like we do this like breathing routine. She's like about 21 pounds. And, mm-hmm. and so she, I get her to like, she'll just lay on me. Like, so our bodies are, so our, our, our stomachs are close and our hearts are close. Yeah. And, um, we do this breathing thing and I, there's, I, there's almost nothing that gives me more power than that. Like if I'm just really struggling, I'll get her to breathe with me. I mean, she, 
she chooses to climb up. I'm not like forcing her if <laughs> she would get off, right? Because she's there their own. I know that feeling. My guy's a little bit more obstinate. I'll be like, come mm-hmm. close to me, come. And then he'll stay for a while. And then yeah. he's like, it's too hot. Let me add. Yeah. 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 This one's the other, the chihuahuas would be like, get, dude, get it, get your shit together. I yeah. don't agree with you. <laughs> um, but this one, Chula, the spread, she's, oh my God, she's like from another planet. I, it's, she's just incredible. And she'll do this breathing. We can get our breathing on the same pattern. Yeah. And I, I just, it's, I've never felt anything like it before in my life. Yeah. Um, what has been the worst advice you've ever gotten or the best advice you've ever gotten? I think the worst advice is I had just multiple like coaches mainly, or, you know, whatever, like mostly male coaches just tell me to just ignore my feelings and power through it. Basically just ignore your instincts, mm-hmm. ignore yourself, <laughs> ignore yeah. your truth. And just like, just, just, just power through it. It'll pass. And, and it doesn't pass. It does not pass. Uh-oh. It comes back up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That is shitty advice to give someone. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. What is uh, something you haven't done yet, but you know, you have to do well in the violence you know, I was going to say that, I mean, that that's not happened yet. And uh, it's something that I'm, I'm hell bent on doing yeah. or at least decreasing before I go. But um, yeah. I'm very fortunate where like, I, there's nothing like, you know, I don't know, jump out a plane or climb a mountain. Like I'll just, if I dying to do something like that, I'll do it. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of like a thing. And I was like, and, that, and that's, that's, that's cool. I'm glad I don't have like this list of things that I want to do that I haven't done that I, or I'm not seeking, you know, like planning to do it. Like, yeah. You're yeah. living your life. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Who's a firecracker in your world that we can give a shout out to? Well, most recently it's, it's a, uh, it's definitely been my sister, yeah. Meg. Yeah. 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 She's been helped me just get through some stuff. Yeah. She is a fabulous leader and manager and manages like thousands of people. She's the, she's a big wig at a corporate. It's like my worst nightmare what she does, but um, yeah, she helps me bring down the, the, the magnitude of what I feel with my leaderships or, you know, Uh, and you need that, you know, like we understand completely. Like, just dial it down. It's not really that big of a deal. It's not that it's just that, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess so. It's, I don't know if you find something, like, the older I get, the, the more I'm having trouble with, um, it, things feel bigger than they are. And they didn't feel like that in my thirties. Like I, I, and, and yeah, it's just like, Oh my God, this thing is happening. And so it's like, relax, relax. It's good. I didn't fixate. in in my thirties, like I do now. And I I don't want this to become a pattern, but it's, it's, it's getting a bit harder. And when I, when I'm around people in their eighties, not, not all, but, but most I see, I see the fixation on what seems to me as a 48 year old, like a really small deal. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if that's just kind of part of the process. You know, I don't, I don't, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think things matter to me a lot. And I think that stepping into a, a place of leadership makes yeah. me feel real responsible yeah. more so than like, I feel the weight of the possibilities of positive and good change so that I'm like, oh man, it's up to me. So I feel that weight. That's good. That's good weight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I hear what you're saying. And I do like that kind of feeling of like the magnitude, like having somebody like your sister in your corner that goes, it, it's going to be okay. We're we're not flying in an organ that needs to be transplanted. We're going to be okay, but it's hard because it means right. something to you. 
Right. No, yeah. absolutely doing a good job at that. And the, I know the saving life things is funny in, in what I do because we'll say that quite a bit. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. You're not saving lives. Yes, we are. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> literally what we're doing. That's right. You know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We can't mess up and we can't. Yeah. And we have to work to death. That's where that comes from. I think is like, oh, you know, yeah. it's like rocket scientists can't say, well, it's not rocket science. They're like, actually it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're in the world of Brene Brown, I, I kind of imagine you would be. But, you know, leadership isn't for the faint of heart. So delving into these roles, I kind of go, I asked for this. Right. But you didn't know. I mean, I didn't know what I was signing up for. That's what's I know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. And then, but then some days I'm, I think I'm faint. I think I'm feeling yeah. faint. <laughs> yes, it's not for me. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. My final question is what, uh, what advice, what advice would you have given to your younger self? Fucking relax is, is still still <laughs> the theme that I cannot seem to. I would have given it to my younger self, but really my older self needs it a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. And I really am taking actions. Like I feel like I'm taking a lot more actions. My older self is taking a lot more actions to like relax, let the day go. It's the end of the day, lean in, sink into my husband and just, mm -hmm. you know, because as he and I age, we've been just in the just the last couple of years, it's like okay, life, life is right now because people are dying yeah. that are our age. You know I mean? We're, we're, you, know, you start to hit, not all the time, but they're having like these heart attacks that it just took them out and oh God. Um, so really just um, in practice, trying to relax more, like actually yeah. taking actions towards it. So I feel like I'm, um, I'm getting there. Yeah. I love that. I'd also like to see a, a child version of you looking at yourself going, fucking relax. I think that's pretty fantastic too. <laughs> you should draw that up. Yeah, yeah. what a treat. Such a treat speaking with you. I've so enjoyed connecting and I hope that we'll see each other in person someday. Thanks for having me. Ah, uh, you can follow Dotsy on Instagram at veganolympian as well as switch for good. That's using number four. Switch for good is also on Twitter at switchforgood.org. Plus, their podcast, The Switch for Good Podcast, is available wherever you're listening to this one. So after you're listening to this one, go check that out. And next time you're on Netflix, why not check out the Game Changers doc? Why not? It's really good. It's really interesting. It's also available on iTunes, Google, and DVD Blu-ray at GameChangersMovie.com. We'll have all these, because we care. Plus Dotsie's website and her TED Talk and the personal gold documentary links in our show notes. Why not send her some Olympic-sized firecracker love? You know, send out a little bit of a, hey, I heard you on the Firecracker Department podcast. You rocked my world. Why not? You have that power. What stuck with you from this discussion? What do you think about the plant-based diet idea? Have you ever tried that? Are you? What's your favorite recipe? So many questions. All right, I am sending you the best energy out this week, and I hope you're doing something magical and with some fun folks. And if you're in a rut, keep going. Reach out to us at Firecracker Department or reach out to somebody that you like. Get a coffee and get some creative juices going. We're always in your corner at Firecracker Department to help you take some creative action. So reach out to us anytime. See you next time. I'm Naomi. Bye. 
Winnie Wong is our Firecracker Head producer. Follow her at Wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and Wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. This episode was edited for you by Jordan Giddens, who you can follow at Jordan Giddens. That's Jordan with a Y. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first-time time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you, yeah, you, sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.